talked to Rory. He politely asked Joe to move aside. He was in his line of vision. He stood there, continued to wave the hat. So I think Rory uh, was upset about that. So I think the only appropriate way to start this is to say, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh my goodness. Alex Perry and I, that's me, Michael McEwen, hello. We were about to hit record on the podcast tonight. The latest Ryder Cup commute brought to you by the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway. We were looking forward to talking about golf and dissecting an absolutely scintillating day at Marcus Simone. A phenomenal Saturday with some incredible play, incredible storylines, wonderful golf. We were looking forward to getting into it. I was hovering my finger over the record button and then that video landed. <laughs> you all know exactly what video I'm talking about. If you don't, then you're out doing something with your Saturday night. Good on you. Hope you're having fun wherever you are. The video in question, Rory McIlroy losing his cool in the car park at the end of play on Saturday here at the Ryder Cup. We cannot start anywhere else but there. So let me bring him in. We're going to dive straight in. No bullshit, no nonsense. <laughs> Alex Perry, how are you doing? What? What? Uh, I don't think anyone gives a shit about how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, to think that what happened earlier in the day, which we'll come to, isn't, I mean, it sort of is the reason why this happened at the end of the day, but the fact that that isn't the biggest talking point of the day is just astonishing. So this video has come out. Rory McIlroy is remonstrating with, we understand, Joe LaCarver, who is Patrick Cantley's caddy. And he's out of shot. He's out of shot. And Jim Bones Mackay, Justin Thomas's caddy, of course, and Shane Lowry seem to be being peacemaker. Rory McIlroy's bodyguard steps in, Rory McIlroy's wife steps in, Matt Fitzpatrick appears from nowhere and looks fucking terrified, <laughs> Victor Hovland's just looking on in the background like a naughty child. This video and the subsequent clips have had absolutely everything, just inject it into my veins. It's extraordinary. So Rory McIlroy, as Alex says, seen remonstrating, as we say, we're led to believe it's with Joe LaCava and the incident was caused by, oh, well, the genesis of, of the incident mm -hmm. is actually quite an incredible story, Alex, isn't it? We understand... Should we just go back to the start? Go all the way back to the start? Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. So everything was going fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ish. And it was about mid-morning today that word broke, courtesy of Sky Sports and their golf correspondent, Jamie Weir, that there was division, there's strife in the US team room, supposedly, which has been caused by, according to those reports, Patrick Cantley. Amongst other things, it was said that Patrick Cantley is aggrieved that players do not get paid to play in the Ryder Cup, and he is refusing to wear a baseball cap this week in protest at that. We'll come back to that point later on, because that is important and it needs to be covered that report has been challenged by various other media outlets, Jamie quoting sources, obviously not saying who they are. That's a journalist prerogative to protect your source. But the story really took off and it very quickly made its way around the golf course. And fans here at Marco Simone this afternoon started to taunt Patrick Cantley. We have to say the fan behaviour on the whole has been pretty good but there is an element that has, frankly, gone too far. 
is taking baseball caps off en masse and waving them in the direction of Patrick Cantley because of those reports going too far? Personally, I think not. Anyway, that continued, and then there were some songs about his bank account and so on. <laughs> Long story short, it appeared to have the opposite effect to what was intended insofar as it really fired up Patrick Cantley, who went on an Ian Poulter at Medina on Saturday in 2012-style tear over the final few holes, and that included a birdie at the last to snatch the most unlikely of points for he and Wyndham Clark against Rory McIlroy and Matt Fitzpatrick. Cantley holds his birdie. Place goes wild. McIlroy and Fitzpatrick both have birdie attempts of their own to come, but the American players went absolutely crazy. The caddies that were there went absolutely crazy. It ultimately secured a 3-1 win in the afternoon session for the States. They trail 10.5, 5.5. We didn't even say the score. We're, my God, we're like... For nearly five minutes in, we haven't gone to the scoreline yet. No one cares so, about the score. <laughs> that meant that the Americans won the session 3-1. They trailed by five going into Sunday, but the momentum was on their side. And naturally, they reacted, they celebrated. Part of those celebrations formed those players who were watching, taking off their caps and returning the favour to the fans. Joe LaCava, Patrick Cantley's caddy, was one of those. And then evidently stayed celebrating a little bit too long. And according to European captain Luke Donald, appeared to celebrate in the direction of Rory McIlroy. Am I interpreting and representing that accurately, Alex? No, that seems to be what people are saying. Not only was he celebrating too long, he was also apparently in McIlroy's line yeah. with some shades of Brookline 99 coming in as well. Oh, you used the B word. So <laughs> either way, Rory and Fitz both failed to make their birdies. The Americans won the match. Then things appeared to spill over and the clip that we've seen and you've seen and everybody in the world has seen is of Rory seemingly quite aggrieved by what unfolded with Joe LaCava. <sighs> that's the backstory, folks. And frankly, that's about as much as we know at this point in time. It's eight o'clock here in Rome, just gone. Alex, I mean, this really lights the blue touch paper for tomorrow, does it not? I, I, I tweeted the video after it went out and I just said, put McRoy and Cantley out first in the singles. I absolutely beg. At the time of recording, the singles aren't out yet, but we're expecting to hear while we're recording. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, I saw, I don't want to say that the USA have got absolutely no chance tomorrow. They, they need to have a history-making day no one has ever come back from more than four, which was 1999 and then obviously Medina. They're what, how many behind? Five. Five points behind. Five behind. Yeah. So they've got to make history to come back tomorrow on, or on Sunday or today, if, whenever you're listening to yeah. this and hello, good maybe morning. They, maybe they made history. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they did. Yeah, maybe you're listening to this afterwards and fair play. But no, I, I, I'm suddenly, from apart from this Cantley stuff, Today was actually a little bit dull. I sort of started zoning out a little bit from the action that was going on because it wasn't quite as firing me, firing me up as as perhaps it should have been. But it's sudden, suddenly, there's a bit more intrigue into it. There's a bit more spice. There's just something a little bit extra tomorrow. And I mean, God, if they don't put Cantley and Macro, I mean, first of all, I'd be gobsmacked if. 
Donald doesn't put McIlroy out first and Johnson doesn't put Cantley out first anyway. So You've got to front load it. Exactly. The way it and they are the two players. I mean, McIlroy lost today, of course, but he's still playing. He still played very, very well today. So they are the two players that I would be putting out first. And McIlroy's, you know, he's our leader. He's our big player. So he's the one that Luke Donald should be turning to in the singles and saying, go and get us a point straight. So, oh man, I, if, I can't wait to get to tomorrow. Bring I cannot wait. And I think it's the gonna, noise, gonna, the noise is going to be incredible. going to be spicy. As for the celebrations and the, the taunting. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, that's, that's a question that we've been asked. So I've got a couple of comments here from people yeah. who've been getting in touch on social media. So just, just to bring them in, you know, JD's asking what happened with Rory and Bones in the car park. Hopefully we've told you what we know, but <laughs> yeah, we can only tell you so much. Uh, Craig Meikle again, what was going on with Joe LaCava and Rory didn't look right. I presume Craig is from Scotland. PS, <laughs> get the pizza and Peroni's in. Way ahead of you, Craig. Way ahead of you. And then Clarky Boy at Scotty Cameron CB. Brilliant. He asks, has the crowd been out of order with some of the shouts? I've given my take on it. Alex, yours? No, agree with you. What? I mean, it's about, I know we're in Italy, but that just, it's such an English way of dealing with it. It's like, oh, we're going to take our caps off and wave them around. And that's the, how we're going to taunt you. It's, it <laughs> reminded me, do you remember when, when I was younger, I used to watch those old... Um, what was it like the the Pathé films of old football matches? Oh like yeah, the yeah, and then obviously when they score, this was obviously before hooliganism, and when they would score a goal, and it would cut to the crowd, and they'd all be you know pork pie hats in the air waving <laughs> them around. It sort of reminded me of that a little bit. I was on the first tee when Cantley came out to get that match underway, and they were singing Cantley, where's your hat? Cantley, Cantley, where's your hat? The the rumours swirling around the media centre, uh, there were plenty. I mean, the first mm. one was Cantley. Well, obviously, we've already said that what Jamie tweeted was that, you know, he's, he's sort of protesting against not getting paid to play in the Ryder Cup. By the way, they asked Luke Donald whether or not he thinks that they should get paid in his press conference, and he just went, absolutely not. And the other rumour swirling around was that Cantley's getting married very soon, and he didn't want to have awkward tan lines because obviously people take lots of photographs at weddings and he didn't want to look silly in his in his photograph to that i would counter mr mckenzie crook of gareth keenan fame who had to get married during the office filming and had the gareth keenan haircut when yes, he got married yeah so breaking news breaking news here we go stand by here we go the transcript is in from the team oh. usa press conference <laughs> team us oh i say team us so patrick cantley sam burns brian Harmon, wyndham clark max homa and colin morikawa have all faced the media this evening wow deep breath press conference starts patrick that put the difference between a half point but how much bigger than a half point was that who cares, frankly, what his answer was. Second question. Do you believe players should be paid to play in the Ryder Cup? Patrick Cantley. It's not about that. It's just about Team USA and representing our country. That's not a denial, Patrick. Next question. Do you believe they should be paid? Can you answer the question? Patrick Cantley. That's all I've got to say about that. Next question. Can you tell us your lack of wearing a cap? The reason behind it. Patrick Cantley said, the hat doesn't fit. What? Don't, don't take us for mugs. 
You can get any hat you want. And by the way, most hats fit most heads. All hats are adjustable. Exactly. Heads and if it's not, you're Patrick Cantley playing in the Ryder Cup. They will get you one, I'm quite certain. The hat doesn't also, fit. Also, Rory McIlroy has always worn a hat that's far too big for him at the, of at the Ryder he Cup. Has. He followed up. It didn't fit Whistling Straits and didn't fit this week. You've had two years to do something about <laughs> it for crying out loud. Oh my God. Follow-up question. Does it need to fit for a team photo? Are you going to wear it for a team photo? Patrick Cantley says, I was going to go no hat all week regardless, so I figured I would keep it consistent. He was then asked, you seem to take the fan reaction towards you very well today. Can you talk about what your thoughts uh, were when you first saw it? Patrick Cantley says, yeah, I've never had so many standing ovations going to tee boxes and greens. I thought it was fantastic. I told Wyndham when we were going to the first tee today that we were going to use all the energy out there as fuel and we did. He added about that so-called flashpoint between Rory, etc. I was too busy letting out all the emotion that built up over the day. I didn't get a good look of it. Asked if it was a form of protest, the reason for the hat. He says, not at all. This is the first I heard of it right now when I got off the green. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Wowza. Alex, your immediate reactions, because that has just landed in front of us. <laughs> Just absolute nonsense. Just, I mean, he's just batting it away. And, and you said it right there. He's not denying it. He is absolutely not denying it. This is, has anyone ever been asked so much about a bloody cap in their life? It's absolutely astonishing. Yeah, Brian Harmon, <laughs> he stood up from during the press conference when later on there was another question that seems about the hat situation talking about the divide in the US team room and he's part of the divide Brian Harmon says y'all just don't quit do you we love each other man blah 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 Wyndham Clark think you're putting too much into the hat Brian Harmon they said it on Twitter though so it has to be whoa yeah these guys yeah I think they used it as fuel but then, or they'll certainly potentially use it as fuel tomorrow this is quite quite something so well, <laughs> where I do mean, we go next I mean, we said it earlier, like Patrick Cantley, uh, he's literally saying there, let's use this to our advantage. And he's done that, birdied the last three holes to win the match and beat Rory McIlroy and uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, who was absolutely on form yesterday. So <laughs> do you know what? I almost said, you've got to take your hat off to Patrick Cantley <laughs> complete, without even thinking about the pun. And now I can't really do it. I can't take it back. I've just, I, you've got to take your hat off to Patrick Cantley. He is, he was absolutely <laughs> astonishing. There's something about him I really just don't like, and I don't know what it is. I can't work it out. Perhaps it's the fact his face has been tripping him the entire week and that it appears he'll only crack a smile if he gets paid. Or <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. There is Kevin that. McHugh has got in touch with us on Twitter just now. Incredible days golf, afternoon from the USA. The waving of hats at the end row was a bit cringe. They should be throwing them in. Hmm. So Kevin's decided that it's already all over. Andy Robson says, could tomorrow end up being an anticlimax with Team Europe having a sizable lead? I'm thinking of the last day at Whistling Straits. That's a really good point Andy makes because it was 11-5, yep. mm -hmm. an even bigger advantage, marginally so, at this stage two years ago. There is a risk that this Ryder Cup could peter out pretty quickly tomorrow. Well, like we said, if they if they top load and put out, say, you know, all their best players, McElroy and Co. Fleetwood's been playing well, Hovland's been playing well, apart from getting thrashed this afternoon. There's every possibility that Europe get the first 
the, the four points that they need from the first five or six games. There's every possibility that that happens. But the USA will front load as well. So, I mean, I would be, I've already said I'd be putting Cantley out. I'd be putting Max Homer out in the top two. He's probably been, apart from Cantley, their best player. I'd be putting JT out and I'd be saying, go and get it. He hasn't got speed dragging him down. So <laughs> stick JT out for a point. And I also think Zach's going to be turning to Scotty Scheffler. I mean, Scotty Scheffler was, I mean, the fact that we haven't even mentioned the fact that Victor Hovland and Ludwig Aberg created history by absolutely thrashing Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka this morning. We haven't even talked about it yet, which is oh, we'll get there. Don't worry, we utterly will. mental, and it left <laughs> and it left Scotty Scheffler in tears on the back of his car with his wife with his arm around. And the him. funny thing is, her that, arm that around him. Like, like days, if not weeks ago, at this point, was it at this Ryder Cup? That definitely happened at this right. It wasn't that wasn't whistling straight. No, but yeah, quite yeah I, so I would be if if you're Zach, Zach Johnson, you're turning to Scotty Scheffler and you're going, dude, you've got to fucking step up now, mate. Yeah, again. For the third podcast in a row, Zach Johnson doesn't swear. You've got to gosh darn step it up now, Mr. Scheffler, <laughs> Mr. Scotty Scheffler. So Ross Eaglesham, just before we throw it to the break, and we'll try and knock this Cantley stuff in the head because frankly, we could talk about it all night and I'm fairly sure more is going to come out about it. So Ross Eaglesham has tweeted us, why does Cantley feel like he needs to be paid for this? Allegedly, Ross, allegedly. Ross adds, so disappointing. It's a huge honour, surely. He has a point, no? A very good point. Of, of course, they shouldn't be paid. Luke, after Luke Donald said, absolutely not, he he got asked again and he said, you know, it should just be an honour to represent your country or in terms of Europe, your continent. I quite like, I don't know if this happens and I'm sure the Ryder Cup raises a lot of money for charity, but I, my feeling on the matter is it should be like what a lot of international football teams do. I know England certainly do it. I don't know about others, but... They're players who are obviously already incredibly wealthy beyond their wildest dreams. They get paid a certain amount for every time they represent England. And the idea is that is all paid directly into a, a charity partner right. for the England team. So I feel like I would, if I was Ryder Cup Europe and Ryder Cup USA, I'd be taking advantage of this and saying, right, we are going to pay the players, but it's going to benefit our foundations. Yeah. And I don't think any of the players would have a problem with that, apart from apparently Patrick Cantley. Well, worth noting that the players do get paid to play in the President's Cup. And yep. what was different about Patrick Cantley at last year's President's Cup, Alex? <laughs> oh, that's right. You had a hat. Funnily enough, it fit there, didn't it? <laughs> Just ask the guys that make the hats for the President's Cup to make one for you for the Ryder Cup. Problem solved. If it's all about the fit. But it's not. He's talking nonsense there. Just front up, just be honest. That's all we're asking. Going to throw it to the break. Then we're going to actually talk about real golf and real shots in part two. Do not go anywhere. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back, part two of today's Ryder Cup commute. 
Brought to you by the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway, Michael and Alex here. Debriefing Saturday and what a Saturday it was. I think we've pretty much covered the shenanigans at the end of the day during part one. Now let's talk about some golf, Alex, if that's all right. Because to use that terrible cliche, oh, it was a day of two halves, really, wasn't (laughs) it? Europe went into the day with a really commanding advantage, obviously, after such an impressive performance on Friday and yeah the, I thought they were pretty good again in the morning you know they they extended that lead to a seven point lead quite <laughs> at that point we we're almost writing the obituaries for the Americans and certainly Zach Johnson uh, the the knives were I'm quite certain out and getting sharpened to to bring him down after what looked at that point like an inevitable being one Tell me the highlight of the morning because I know you. I know what your favourite part of, of Saturday morning was. <laughs> I've absolutely fallen in love with this partnership of Victor Hovland and Ludwig Oberg. And I think that despite their defeat this afternoon, they could go on and, and be Seve and Ollie-esque. And wow. look at their ages... Look how many Ryder Cups we've got ahead of them. These two are going to be absolute superstars of the game, future major champions for sure, both of them. And I know we've said that a lot, but, you know, and I'm sick of using generational talent, but oh, that's absolutely what they are. These guys are superstars. I absolutely adore them. And they were they were straight out of the... I mean, look, don't get me wrong, Scotty Scheffler and... Brooks Kepka were absolutely stinking out of the place. <laughs> I mean, they start <laughs> so funny. We were watching the first tee shots this morning, and Scotty Scheffler, he's already spoken about. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're world number one or world number 520 or world number 3000, right? If you're standing on, or if it's me and you, if you're standing on that tee in front of that many people with what is actually a relatively narrow fairway up that first, with huge bunkers on the left, thick, rough either side you are going to be wobbling. And Scotty Scheffler has already spoken this week about how nervous that opening tee shot makes him. Imagine how small that fairway would have looked to him this morning when he's got Brooks Kepka standing over him, basically going, don't put me in the sodded rough. <laughs> so find the fairway. They made a six on the first. Hovland and Oberg won that first hole and just never looked back. Mm-hmm. And a history-breaking history breaking history making record breaking nine and seven victory that is the largest margin of victory in Ryder cup history for an 18 hole match that is extraordinary i just love them uh just big smiles on their faces the whole time they walked off oberg gets asked about what it was like and he's just saying i'm pinching myself like getting to play with hovland he's so good he's like one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world at the moment. And Hovland saying, you know, look at this guy. He's an absolute stud. He just hits it a mile. He hits it onto the middle of the green and he holds the putt. There's some real love there between the two. And yeah, there? and there was obviously another thing that he noted was they get to speak in the same language and not English, as in they speak in their native tongue because Norwegian and Swedish, I'm led to believe, are very similar languages Mm -hmm. and certainly similar enough that those two can speak to each other. And I find that astonishing that... And I know Scotty Scheffler is an incredible talent. He's world number one. He's the best golfer on the planet right now, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't speak either Norwegian or (laughs) Swedish, which would, I assume, 
make it very hard to play against the two of them because you can't really decipher what's going on. You can intuit some of it, I'm sure, but short of being fluent in either language, it's not quite as straightforward as playing me and you, for example. No, and I think that you can, I, I understand why Johnson put Scheffler and Kepka together, but I'm not sure that dynamic between the two of them works. Like, Scheffler is like an ice cold... Oh, my God. Was it Scheffler that I called a ninja last yeah. week? It was, wasn't it? You've done that a couple of times now. I think you're he's, really leaning into this. But he's like, he is like a, like an assassin. Like Mr. Mr. Nice Guy. Like you think he's going to come and give you a cuddle and then he sort of slits your throat kind of guy. <laughs> but in a golfing term, of course. Yes. And Brooks Kepka is just like this grumpy prick. Who <laughs> just like, he's just, when, when things aren't going his way... And Scotty Scheffler is not the guy to be rallying Brooks Kepka when things no. aren't going their way. He's just not that guy. They, they seem like a mismatch when it was announced that they were playing together, and that's completely and utterly how it turned yeah. out. But Brooks Kepka needs someone. Well, first of all, he needs to play well. But he, when he's not playing well, it feels like he needs someone, maybe like a Dustin Johnson, who's just going to go, dude. Like, what are you doing? Sort your shit out get back into this game mm. with me because I need you to help me out here. Scotty Sheffield is not going to say that to him, is he? Well, no. I, think I think it might not put it in those terms, but... <laughs> please, mm. please, Mr. Kepka, can you help me? <laughs> but that's not to take away from what Hovberg, see what no, I've done. of course there. not. Yeah. I prefer I prefer Ludwig for the record. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, nine and seven, extraordinary stuff. At that point, as they went to lunch, a very early lunch, it must be said, because they got done so quickly... Two, it played, was two hours and 17 minutes well there you go Oberg had played at that point 25 holes of Ryder Cup golf and had won two points amazing Other oh, stories, also you should add that at that point Lud Ludwig Oberg had won two points and the entirety of the United States of America had won one and a half points <laughs> <laughs> other Results from the morning session. Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood beat Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth 2-1 and one, and Spieth stank the joint up, he it must horrible. be said. I hate saying it, but he has just been horrible. He was really, really poor. Max Homa and Brian Harmon put the first full point on the board for the United States in match number three against Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka. 4-2 uh, and two win there. And John Ram and Tyrrell Hatton, I mean that again, you're talking about combinations for the future maybe don't quite have as many years ahead of them as as Hovberg or Ludwig. Who knows? But a 2-1 win there for them against Cantley and Schofley. Things were looking great for Europe at that point. It was 9.5, 2.5. And yeah, like I say, you know, it seemed like it was all over Barda shouting. Then the US roared back in the four balls. For me, Alex, I don't know about you, but it seemed like the Americans were angry when they came out in the afternoon. They looked really hacked off. They looked like a team that were just frustrated and determined to just fight back. They were quite aggressive. I mean, Sam Burns and Colin Morikawa there in the top match. I've never seen Colin Morikawa, you know, play so many holes without flashing at least one of those Hollywood smiles of his. And Sam Burns giving no. him the big and beckoning to the crowd. What's that? Come on then, cupping the ears. They were really, really fired up. I don't know what got them fired up. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's I Zach Johnson. Unless he's got no. like a, a another side to him, like a Sir Alex Ferguson hairdryer side to him. But 
they came out. I wonder if they just came in at lunchtime and, and Zach was just utterly fed up. Yeah, there's a, maybe. There's a story during the rounds that Spieth was on the 16th tee. Zach Johnson was there with him and he said, don't hit driver here. So Spieth pulled out three wood and then plopped it in the water. That was in the afternoon, I think, wasn't it? In the afternoon matches, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So don't know what happened to them, what was said, but they came out the traps flying. They, this the morning, they all look, there's some great photos doing the rounds of them look looking really grumpy in their sort of pre-match photos that they have to take on the first tee. And in the afternoon, they seem to come out much more fired up. And look, I am still incredibly confident that they are not going to turn this around. But I also have to say fair play to them because that could have been so much worse this afternoon and perhaps actually should have been so much worse. I I, I think Luke Donald will be absolutely furious about how today has finished, not just on the golf course, but off the golf course as well. And I think actually they're going to be going to dinner tonight and they're going to be saying, we this is what we did to them at Medina. And breaking are, news. I was just about to just about to turn that round to you and say breaking news. Get on the, the singles. singles order is in. Stand by. Here we go. Match number one getting underway. What time is it tomorrow, Alex? Eleven so thirty-five. It's eleven thirty-five here. So yeah. ten thirty-five in the UK. So John Ram out first for Europe against Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. So they called that Scotty Scheffler. He's, he's obviously just said to him. Get out there, get us a point, but he's up against John Ralph. So that'd be a really good match, actually. <laughs> Next up, Hovland versus Morikawa. I'm surprised to see Morikawa that high up the order. So there's there's one and a half there's one and a half points from the first two matches. <laughs> Justin Rose in match three against Patrick Cantley. Oh, that's a shame. The nicest man in golf taking on Patrick Cantley. I'll give that Cantley. So we're still on one and a half points. Well, you say that. No, that brings Although me Rose... back to another great question that we've had. Yep. Because we received this one on Twitter. Stand by, stand by. Eat and Sleep Golf asks, pounds per, pound for pound, have these last two days seen two of Justin Rose's best Ryder Cup performances? A few years past his peak, but one and a half points and mentoring Bob he has been pretty special the past two days, has he not? He's been well, he's been incredibly special over his the entirety of his Ryder Cup career. This guy will end his career as a Ryder Cup legend and a major champion, which is something that you know the likes of Ian Porter and Lee Westwood and so on can't say. I he's I said it the other night. I think I said he's cheesier than a bag of Watts or something, but he is a tremendous ambassador for our game. He's a really nice guy and he's a fucking brilliant golfer. He is just so good. But I've you're getting absolutely, the edge to I, I think I am just because I think Cantley's going to be carry on being fired up. Oh, but Cantley might come out and go, do you know what? I don't give a shit. It'll be interesting. Like, I'm just, genuinely I'm interesting to now. see the crowd's reaction to him yeah. tomorrow now after, uh, you know, all joking aside, all the, the shenanigans aside, given everything that's unfolded since we've started recording this pod, the the half hour or so before it, there are still more than 12 hours to go until he's going to walk onto the tee. A lot can happen between now and then. Sure. Word can spread. And yeah, I just hope that the fans are respectful towards Patrick <coughs> Cantley tomorrow, but I think it's also unrealistic to expect that he won't get some treatment. I um, think also... In some way, shape or form. The re- I think the reason why I'm annoyed that he hasn't got McElroy, not just for the reasons we've already laid out, but because McElroy 100% would have come out hatless. 
One hundred percent. He's all. He's he likes to play hatless at the right. He cup. does. And he the reason maybe why he, for the same reasons as Cantley. We maybe don't know. for the same reasons. But he has said this week he wants to wear a hat simply because obviously the sun is beating down on him. Yeah. But yeah. So look, I Justin Rose is phenomenal, and he has been absolutely brilliant for Bob as well. I don't think Bob could would have picked a better partner. Mm-hmm for himself this week. And He's, a shout out to Bob. I mean, I'm not going to dwell because I think we covered him quite uh, for quite extensively yesterday on the the commute. But yeah, I, I thought he stepped up today when it mattered most. Again, yeah. struggled for the early part of the round and maybe even into the later part. But in that later part of the round, you could see the relief in him when he finally did hole a putt. He gave it, you know, a, a real big classic Bob Mack fist pump. And that just seemed to be him going, okay, right, I'm here now. I've 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 arrived as a Ryder Cup player. Yeah. And crucial, I think, that he and Justin Rose secured that full point. Because had the Americans whitewashed that session, very different complexion heading into the singles. Match four. Well, there he is, Rory McElroy against Sam Burns. Okay, so that's two and a half points. Match five, Matt Fitzpatrick against Max Homa. Oh, that's a tough one. Homer's playing very well. I think I now, think I am surprised home. to see Homa that far down the order because yeah. he's he's contributing full points. Well, I already the Americans said, have contributed two full points so yeah, far. I already said he should, he would he would have been in my top two if I was the American captain, but I'm not the American captain, so here we go. Terrell Hatton or as Patrick Cantley would prefer him to be known, Tyrrell Hat Off, will be playing Brian Harmon in match number six. I can't believe I'm just letting you get away with that. Thanks. Jesus. <laughs> Tyrrell Hatton and Brian Harmon. There's um, there's some small man syndrome going on in that match, isn't there? It's funny because, you know, I, I now can't help but think of Tyrrell Hatton and that classic thing that he does where when he gets enraged, he pretends to use his putter as a gun shooting the ball. <laughs> and Brian Harmon's probably looking at him going, mate, I've got a bow you could have that'll probably do the job even better. Match number seven. Wow. Welcome to the Ryder Cup, Ludwig Oberg. you got Brooks Kepka. I really hope Grumpy Brooks shows up and, and Ludwig <laughs> just turns him in. That's going to be so good. Match number eight. Sepp Straka against Justin Thomas. Slightly surprised to see that he's buried Thomas. I don't think he's been playing that badly. And putting him at eight is where you would usually put someone you're trying to hide in the in in this in the session. Kind of feels like let's talk about strategy at the end, but I'm I'm getting a feeling about both captains here. Match nine, Nikolai Hoygaard against Xander Schofele. Could be interesting. Match ten, Shane Lowry versus Jordan Spieth, both former open champions. In fact, I was going to say that Jordan Spieth handed the Claret Jug over to Shane Lowry, but that would forget Francesco Molinari altogether, and that would be very rude. Match 11, Tommy Fleetwood against Ricky Fowler. Fowler sat the whole of today, led to believe that's due to illness, but uh, he needs to produce something tomorrow. It must be illness. You You don't pick a guy... Play him in the first morning and then bench him until the singles. <laughs> that just doesn't happen if you've picked him. Like you've picked him for a reason. And I'm not sure. I don't recall seeing Ricky out there. He was out there today. I saw a tweet of him out there. Right. But he okay. was just sort of chilling out under a tree. What near a lame green, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and match number 12, Bob McIntyre versus Wyndham Clark, the two rookies there. So my thoughts instantly there, Alex. This is something that we've not seen Certainly, I can remember, but it feels like the captains have sprinkled rather than front load or bottom load. They've put 
their main men in a weird order, like maybe the odds and evens separation, if mm-hmm. you like. Yep. You know, put our main players out in the odds and the other guys in the evens. It's it's hard to, to work out what they've done. I mean, well, <laughs> either that or they've just put all the names into hat and drawn them. Rahm, Hovland, Rose and McElroy have been exceptional. Fitzpatrick's been very good, was very unlucky not to get a point today. Only that you know, resurgence from Patrick Canley stopped that. Hatton's been pretty good. Oberg, Oberg match seven, he could win the, the earn the winning point he could, for Europe. Quite feasibly. Which is, I mean, um, the guy was still in college four months ago. He was still an amateur player and he could potentially win the winning point. And bear in mind, Brooks Kepka was in the pairing that he and Victor Hovland took down nine and seven. Absolutely. Now so, it depends what, it really, really depends on what mood Kepka comes out in. Because he could come out and be like, I'm not having this kid thrash me again. And then he just beats the hell out of Hoberg on the golf course, of course. But yeah, I'm surprised to see Tommy down there. But I think Bob Mack was always going to be 12, wasn't he? But actually, I think Bob will be looking at that and going, do you know what? The likelihood is, is that the match is already done by then. Bob goes out and he plays against Wyndham Clark. Wyndham's going to be absolutely furious that he's in that last group, by the way, especially with the the big chat he was giving it before with all this, like, I'm better than Rory McIlroy talk. But oh, what was it? I want to show that I'm better, better than, than, better than Rory McIlroy. Yeah. I don't want to... I've just, I've just clickbaited the podcast. <laughs> um, but Bob Mack might be looking at that and just going... First name numbers Union Jack is going crazy <laughs> right now what you've just done. <laughs> So yeah, I think McIntyre might be going, do you know what? I can play with a bit of freedom because the match will already be done by then. And given that he got a lot of criticism from this side of the Atlantic about his pick, uh, sorry, not his pick, about getting into the team. A lot of people didn't want him there on this side of the Atlantic. Well, certainly uh, south of the of the wall. And the I think the Americans have been incredibly disrespectful of McIntyre. I know one certain publication ranked him as 24th out of the 24 players, which whether you agree with that or not, just feels a bit... Frivolous. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. And he's delivered one and a half points so far. He's unbeaten. I would absolutely love for him to go 2-0-1. Like, that would be... If you had given him that, I mean, if you'd given him the fact that he was going to play in the Ryder Cup, but if you told him he was going to play three matches two wins and a... And a well, I, th- I think even if he halves that match tomorrow, he comes away a, a massive success story. Absolutely. couple of questions to finish up, Alex, because we're, we're rattling on We're here, hungry. Yes, that too. Alien Clifford, hypothetical one for you here. What would the score be if this was being played in the USA just now? I wonder, reading between the lines of Alien saying, would Europe have such a commanding advantage? Would the same advantage be in American hands? I don't necessarily think it would be as commanding, but it certainly wouldn't be the walloping that we got in Whistling Straits. I think mm. this is this is a much better team than that team with a better captain, as much as I like Podrag, and a better backroom team, a more focused backroom team. Everyone in that backroom team knows what they're doing. In the team. Exactly. Every player knows their role. And this is what we were talking about with, you know, your Lee Westwoods and your Ian Porters and things. You know, 
they should, I mean, in my opinion, this is my opinion, they shouldn't have been in that team at Whistling Straits. And, you know, who knows what was going on in that team room, but they got absolutely thrashed. No, I, I, I think whether we'd be this far clear, I don't know, but it would certainly be much closer than it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Sort of sat on the fence a little bit there, sorry. Yeah, sorry, Aileen. For what it's worth, I think we'd still be battering them. <laughs> At Fuzzy Golf, and this is a great one, which well, USA players will and will not be invited to the party in the Euro team room tomorrow night? Any invited and not come, and any come who weren't invited. So I'm going to go for the really boring answer here. I think they're all adults like Brooks Kepka. So he certainly believes that about the American team. You might think John Rams, childish. Christ, we didn't even cover John Rams' response to that. Spoiler alert. He's not saying sorry for it. But listen, it's it's just these guys all get on. They they see each other all the time. They will see each other again very soon. They all, for the most part, the, the names that we're talking about who are falling out live in pretty much the same locale. These things happen. It's it, tensions are high. People are running hot. I don't think it's any of it was meant personally. It's just what happens when you play team sports, right? I mean, how many football matches took place up and down the country today? Lots of flashpoints that will go completely undocumented. Some flashpoints that obviously will go documented. This is just the difference with golf. We have but one huge team event that everybody cares about in the men's professional game, that is, because the President's Cup doesn't necessarily count. And that's unfair. I keep slagging off the President's Cup. I do actually love it. <laughs> but um, it's not on the same scale as this. It might get there, but it ain't there yet. And the point there being that this is really the only opportunity we get to talk about flashpoints, the only opportunity we get to create these kind of flashpoints. Mm. It might just be a nothing burger. And I certainly would like to think that by the time, you know, we record the, the debrief tomorrow night, they'll all be kicking back, enjoying a beer, some will be celebrating, others will be commiserating, but they'll all be in the same room together getting on with it because that's what they do. Yep, completely agree. Dead. It's just how it is, isn't it? It all ends. It's like football matches, isn't it? Like they all go to the players' lounge afterwards and have a beer despite the fact they've kicked 10 bells out of each other on the pitch. Like I can guarantee that whatever happens tomorrow, Roy McIlroy will be going up to Joe LaCarver, shaking his hand, saying, you know, no hard feelings, got a bit tense there. You were being a prick. Joe LaCarver is going to say, yep, I was. Sorry about that. Let's just have a few beers. They'll laugh about it. Exactly. It'll be, yeah. it'll all become a big thing. McIlroy will get asked about it next time he plays and he'll just laugh it off. And you know what? It's great because we want you to believe, listening to us and reading our stuff, that this thing matters, that... You know, it's it's important and that you should care about it and that it's passionate and that it's okay to be passionate about it. It's one thing us saying that to you. It's another thing for you to see the players and the caddies and the captains and the vice captains all demonstrate it. I love the fact that we got that flashpoint tonight because it matters. Imagine if Rory lost that match tonight with Matt Fitz and walked off and went, oh, well. Yeah, you know that's that's not right for the for the the events. Not right for the sport. It's appropriate that passions should run and you know that the temper should flare and that you get these flashpoints. I I think it's great. And these guys I certainly have, don't think it's going to last. They want to win the Ryder Cup. It's as simple as that. They want to win the Ryder Cup. Like, why wouldn't you? 
you wouldn't come all this way and play a, what is essentially a week of golf and press conferences and everything else that goes with the Ryder Cup for free, for free and not want to win. Absolutely That's right. Perry's final thought. So your prediction then? I think, I think you're, I think, look, USA have played very well today and they've done absolutely brilliant to come back. I, again, I, I didn't want to get cocky before, before the start of play. I'm certainly not going to get cocky now. I think America will win a few points tomorrow. I just think Europe are too far ahead now. I think five points is a monumental mountain to climb. I think it will be closer than five by the end of the day. But I think Europe will get to... I predicted 15-13. I think it will be a bit wider than that, but... We'll see how it ends up. But you're, you're predicting the European... I will one. predict Mr. Ludwig Oberg to hold the putt that earns the winning point. Fantastic. I don't see the USA winning it. I stand to look really stupid. What a team. I mean, we're dismissing one of the best teams that they've ever assembled. A team that's comprising major champions, world number one, some of the top 10 players in the world. I'm saying that. But it's because, as you said, they're too far back. They're starting the day with a five-point deficit and there's only 12 points up for grabs. So I think this time tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about a European win and hopefully no other shenanigans beyond that. I say that, but if, if something happens, something happens, bring it on. But yeah, I think tomorrow's going to be a great day for the Ryder Cup. I think it's going to be a great day for golf. And I cannot wait to get to that first tee. Alex, thank you very much for that. That was a bit chaotic, certainly more chaotic than we expected it to be. Thank you to you for listening and for your contributions, your great questions on social media and your thoughts and so on. I'm not going to lie, I haven't edited this, just so you know because we just want to get it out and share it with you. We want you to hear our raw, unfiltered thoughts on how this bonkers day unfolded. But rest assured, another bonkers day lies in store tomorrow, the final day of the Ryder Cup, one of the great days in golf and in sport. Enjoy absolutely every minute of it. We'll be back again this time tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye for now.